Well, good morning, good afternoon. Uh, thank you so much, Pastor Bryce, for that wonderful introduction. It's such a blessing to be here today. This is our third session of Living Free, Finding Freedom from Habits That Hurt, also called Habits That Last. And uh, it's a joy to spend this time together. Our first meeting, we took a fly over the forest and we looked how, how our brains are constantly remodeling themselves according to what we learn and that we're actually engineered to be able to move forward. Uh, engineered for renewal, recovery, and restoration. Yesterday's meeting, we talked about the internal environment of our attitude, our mindset, our worldview, and how those things, those inner workings are actually the raw material for our actions. And so today, we're going to continue and we are now going to take a look at our external environment and creation living and take a look at the brain-body connections because the Lord wants our hearts, he wants our heads, and then he will shape our habits. So as we begin, let's bow our heads for prayer. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord, that we can have this wonderful time together uh, as just believers, as family. There are probably people who are questioning, who are in challenges, who maybe don't believe in a higher power, in a, in a God, in a Savior. And I pray that as we come together and reason, you would enlighten our hearts and mostly give us hope, hope in our heartaches, hope in our habits, hope in our hindrances, and hope for heaven because that's where our citizenship must be. We thank you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. So today we're talking about living free, your external environment. Uh, we're talking about, yesterday we talked about creating an environment, your internal environment of how we think. Your external environment is your surroundings and creating a lifestyle. That is today's topic. We're talking about creating connections with God and with others. So what is your external environment? Your internal environment is how we think. Our external environment is what our surroundings are because our surroundings are gonna call us in a direction. So it's very important if you've been challenged with addictions or you simply want to move forward in your most important goals that you remove triggers that would pull you in a wrong direction. I'll never forget, years ago, my husband and I were called to a certain city uh, to do some health meetings, some diabetes meetings. We stayed in the home of an overworked oncologist. She was uh, really in, in poor health herself. She had habits that were really hurting her mentally and physically. And, and her whole house, every dish, every decoration was candy. She decorated her home with candy. And on her refrigerator, there was a picture of a woman with her hair sticking out, a cartoon, and her eyes were like whirly gigs. And underneath, it said, I have one nerve left, and you are about to get on it. Well, we tiptoed 
through that house all that weekend. Uh, and so uh, th today, we're going to take a look at some of these connections, but our external environment is so important. As a person who struggled and suffered with bulimia for 20 years, from age 11 to age 33, I'm, I'm quite old now. I've been many years uh, away from that, but there are still, to this day, foods and things that I can't just put in my house because I'll be thinking about it. And here's how you know if you have an addiction, a food addiction, or an addiction to something that may be harmless in itself, but, it, but not around you and not in your house. Everyone is different. So here's how you can tell what needs to stay out of your house, whether it's chips, chops, or lollipops. If you bring that thing into the house, you know where it is, you know how many are in the package, you know who's eating it, and you're mad at your husband if he eats the last one. That does not to be, need to be in your house. Get it out of there. So remove those triggers, uh, replace with positives. This is really important to, to have things around your home that call you in the direction that you want to go, that God wants you to go. He has put the inclination in your heart, but now you have to follow through with vigilance and recapture the joy of purpose-filled living. When you get up in the morning, make that bed. If everything else in your day goes wrong, your bed is made. You're gonna brush your teeth. You're gonna get up, dress up, and show up for the day. That is God's plan for you. You have lessons to learn, new heights to gain, and new victories to be won. We wanna practice new behaviors. Practice not only makes perfect, it makes progress. And that's such an important thing, to have a mindset of progress. Okay, yesterday, you know, I, I messed up in this area. I, I was unkind, I was rude, I was hasty. Uh, I, didn't, I did not need to eat a whole sleeve of Oreos. You know, I fell into the self-pity trap. But today, dear God, you've taught me something, and I'm gonna turn that mistake into a victory. The Bible says, ponder the path of your feet. Let all your ways be established. But you know, I have learned while I do that, I have to set my affections and my focus on things above. Because if I were to get lost in my own little world of every single thing that needs correcting, uh, I could get pretty discouraged. But when I keep my eyes on Christ, this is the will of God your growth, your sanctification, your journey. Let's place it into his hands. And he says, if you are willing and if you will obey my impulses, you will eat the fat of the land. And it's not hamburgers. We need to avoid media, reading, and activities that are depressing, traumatic, violent, immoral, or pointless. That, that's, a, that's a big um, menu order right there. And it, has, it is a sad state that we have come to the place where we watch evil for enjoyment and entertainment, pure evil. Uh, and, and we're already in the news, we're shrapneled, we're machine gunned with scraps of information and, and uh, it, can, it can actually cause a hardening effect. And here's, here's the reason. There, there are different parts of the brain for processing information. So cognitively, we receive information every second. Every second, you're cognitively, so the screen is, is divided up in the news, you know, you have 
uh, stock here, somebody's car blew up here, a fire here, uh, a robbery here, some widow here that, that has a story, and it's all happening at the same time, and cognitively, we're receiving it very quickly, but according to neuroscientist Antonio Damasio, emotional tagging takes more time. It takes about three seconds. And so while we cognitively are receiving all this information, and notice, if you're watching those gory programs, every second, every second or two, there's a change. Cognitively, you're receiving it, but there's no emotional tagging. So we can be cognizant and know that something is wrong, but there's no feeling attached to it. This is not good. And so we need to unplug from that type of programming. So pleasure really does come in uh, many packages. There's nothing I enjoy more watching than, my than watching my grandchildren. I pull out paints or Play-Doh or just uh, mud. Uh, in, the, in the yard. It's just so great to watch them play. They'll just figure it out as they go. And the Lord has designed us and engineered us to have real joy and real pleasure and to enjoy novelty, not the kind of novelty that creates an extreme stress response, bungee, bu bingy jumping, bungee jumping. I don't know. Well, neither one of those are very good. Uh, but, but all of these things that, that produce extreme terror, fear, excitement. These are, are not the best. Usually there's a reaction afterwards, and it's using up stress system. It's, it's stressing your system, but we are designed to enjoy life and to enjoy new things and novel experiences. So the flowers, the trees, the birds, gardening, chores, learning something new, uh, these are the pleasant experiences. Interacting with other interesting people, learning new skills, intellectual growth, is a wonderful thing. Our brains need stretching, uh, just like our muscles do. Positive friendships. I have friends that have very different disposition than I do, and I'm really grateful because I can go to them when I'm having a challenge, and I can say, how would you think about this? And I can learn from them how they would think about or think through a challenge that I'm facing, and it becomes a useful tool. Uh, the Bible says that iron is refined by iron, and man is made better by contact with his neighbor. Healthy choices, helping others, just doing something for someone else. Uh, I really enjoy making bread for other people. I, I, it's just something I really love to do, especially in the wintertime. So let's talk a little bit about creation living because I have been through uh, addiction programs with friends of mine who suffered from alcoholism and the eating habits and the lifestyle habits of people who have fallen into serious addiction are usually pretty poor and they don't understand what that brain-body link is between mood, memory, learning and behavior and physical habits. So that's, we're going to land there today. We're going to look at several aspects of this. And you can go, uh, as Pastor Bryce said, to lifestylematters.com, and there are 26 short videos you can watch on 26 different wellness topics. There are PowerPoints in English and Spanish that are free and downloadable, free materials. There are books. We have a companion book with this program called Living Free, and this resource is also available to you in a six-session format with the Living Free book. So our job is to put materials and resources and tools into your hands so that you 
you can become a home of hope in your neighborhood, your community, your family. So positive lifestyle choices actually protect the brain and body, making it easier to cope with stress and enjoy new things in life. So some basic, if we just look at a big picture, and we just think about the big picture right now, hydrating with water. Uh, Many times we have false hunger signals because we're just simply not hydrated. People will fill up with uh, sweetened drinks or even diet drinks, and even the diet sweetened drinks are actually an independent risk factor for diabetes. There are changes that take place in appetite signaling and the average caloric intake of people who use diet drinks is actually higher than the average person. When we think about these uh, drinks that you can get during the summer, these 64 ounce soda pop drinks, that's 135 grams of fructose. Fructose is one molecule. A fructose and a glucose together is a sugar, a simple sugar. When you separate the, glu- the fructose out and it, and it is manufactured to be a high fructose corn syrup, you would have to consume 33 peaches to get that much fructose. There's only four grams of fructose in a peach. And that peach is matrixed in fiber, nutrition, phytochemicals, uh, nutrients, micro and macro, that are going to create real satiety, real satisfaction. And so you can see how these substances are what are called psychopharmacologic doses of a macronutrient. Sugar is a macronutrient in that dose, and it has a brain-shaping effect, and it creates hormonal and neurotransmitter changes. It actually changes uh, the structural It it makes structural changes in the brain. So we want to hydrate with water instead of these sweetened drinks or caffeine. Get your rest. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about exercise, and we're going to talk about good brain and bodybuilding nutrition today. I love this uh, quotation by Guy McCann. (coughs) Excuse me. We are only just beginning to understand how the brain as an organ is influenced by the nutrients that it derives from the foods we eat and how diet has an impact on mental health. This is an incredibly important uh, topic and we actually have a book called Foods for Thought, Nutrition's Link with Mood, Memory, learning and behavior. In that book, we have a chapter called Those Dulling Diseases. So we've talked, in the last meetings, we've talked about suffering, we've talked about psychological, emotional, and spiritual health, and we understand that not every storm is in the forecast. But I remember watching the uh, fires in Australia recently. Uh, A billion animals killed in this 10,000 structures. The fire was so fierce that it actually created its own weather. And we are in danger of indulging in habit patterns with our lifestyle and our thoughts that actually create their own weather. And so my purpose today is to help us to understand some of those self-induced weather patterns and how to dial them down and extinguish them 
and I'm talking specifically about the fires of inflammation. Because when we consume what is called a pro-inflammatory diet, it also creates inflammation in the brain. We've spoken about how the brain produces new nerve cells in substantial numbers every day, and that these nerve cells migrate into specific areas of the brain. Two of my favorites are the hippocampal area, which has to do with learning and memory, and the amygdala, which has to do with emotional memory and fear. So what this tells me about God is that you and I are engineered for increased learning and wisdom over time and healing from emotional trauma. But the generation of, and migration of these new nerve cells is one thing, but their survival is another. And when we are in a pro-inflammatory state in our body, which is induced by inactivity, lack of movement, poor sleep, poor diet, obesity, chronic ailments that we are fueling through lifestyle practices, uh, then it creates this inflammatory condition in the brain and a loss of needed nutrients for metabolic health. So this is an incredibly important topic. I don't worship food. I worship God. I understand that there are some mean vegetarians out there. Uh, there was a vegan congress, and some woman pelted the speaker with a healthy lime pie. So I get that. I get that. But would you agree with me that this is an important tool that we need to consider in our toolbox? I could just go on and on on this, but then, we'll, then they'll have to open up the floor. Uh, to get rid of me at the end of the hour. So here's, here's one of the challenges that we face. Uh, you can insert food, you can insert media, you can insert shopping. We are living more and more in a boundaryless society. We're more isolated, uh, we're more anonymous, so food or media or shopping, it's available anytime, anywhere, for any reason. There are less distractions. You know, you can, you can go to the store perfectly happy with your bathroom towels, and by the time you leave, the ads and the pictures have convinced you that you are, you are in big trouble because of the way your bathroom looks. Now you're standing in line with a stack of towels that you really don't need and can't afford. Somebody stops, talks to you, you have a minute to think about it, you think about your paycheck, you think that you, well, wait a minute, I don't want to charge this. Um, and you have a chance to think about it before you buy. But these, these buffers have been slowly removed, and so these impulse items are everywhere, and they're just a click away. In addition, we talk about, on the media, you'll hear things like, you get a value meal. Well, what is a value meal? What does that mean? It means for a few extra pennies, you can get a thousand extra sugar or fat calories. That's what it means. But value also has another meaning, quality. And God wants to add value to your life. And I want you to take that to the bank. I want you to understand his love for you is expressed in the healthy foods that he gives us to enjoy. So the marketing today, it's cheap, it's calorie dense, oversized portions, highly flavored. I'm going to show you what that looks like. This is a fast food shake. Have a look. Now, if you can find a strawberry in that list, I will send you a free book. But you're not going to find it. 
It is true that uh, some of the chemical esters listed in there, this isn't all poison, these are, estimer, es, these are esters that create the flavor, the aroma, perhaps some elements that create a texture or a mouthfeel that you would have with a real strawberry. But the nutrients are missing, the fiber is missing, uh, the, the real elements of a strawberry are gone, and it's, they're just what are called highly hedonic. So they stimulate the pleasure centers of the brain with a bliss factor that is unreal. So you eat a real strawberry, and it doesn't have the same effect. Now, the good news is that we think of taste as sugar, I, I'm sorry, salt, sweet, bitter, sour, as the four basic tastes that are in the tongue. But the truth is there are literally thousands of receptors on the tongue and the gene the genes that control for taste just like our other genes can be active or inactive and everything we do affects the activity of those genes so as you have new taste experiences and new foods glide across the tongue it actually triggers new taste sensations that are rewired in the cortical area of the brain as a new experience so if, if, what, if some beautiful, healthy foods don't taste good at the beginning, um, you know, in this pandemic we've been in, I haven't seen any runs on asparagus. Uh, there are foods that we can get that are just amazing. They're amazing, but people aren't, aren't going for them because they don't know how to use them. Their tastes have been perverted to highly sweet salt fat. And so the good news is that over time, that can change to where those very highly seasoned foods are not even appealing anymore. Now, the important part to remember is that what begins as a curiosity or a crutch very soon becomes a biological condition. So strong biological shifts occur with high intake of low fiber, calorie-dense foods. And one of the first effects of this dietary pattern is guess what? fatigue. And I'm going to show you in a moment a picture of what insulin resistance looks like at the skeletal muscle, uh, musculoskeletal level. So fatigue, inflammation, insulin resistance. Insulin is the hormone that ushers the glucose into the cells. And when the glucose, which is the fuel of the cell, gets into the cell, then you have energy. Then you have uh, metabolic processes that keep that cell running and, and healthy. It helps your mental engine to purr instead of ping. But when we have insulin resistance, that means that the insulin is not working properly to get the glucose into the cell. So one of the first signs is fatigue. And the reason for insulin resistance is often inactivity and overfeeding, especially of certain nutrients. That results in food cravings. When we eat these highly sweetened, as I mentioned, say the 64-ounce soda, what's going to happen is you have a strong spike in blood sugar. Well, the insulin is a chaser. It's going to chase it, overshoot it, and clear the blood so quickly that biologically, within two hours, your brain will perceive that you're in a fasting state, even though you've maybe consumed 1,500 or 2,000 calories, because it has overshot the mark, overcleared the blood, and now you're hungry again. In addition, the, uh, this washing down our food with these sweetened drinks actually triggers something 
called neuropeptide Y in the stomach, which says, I'm hungry. Then you chase it with a burger and fries, high in saturated fat and calories, and it dials down leptin, which is produced in fat cells. Leptin is the signaler which says, I've had enough. So imagine, you're, to eat a meal that says, I'm hungry, and then the turn-off knob that I've had enough is dialed down. And we think we're having a psychological battle or a spiritual battle, but in reality, what began that way has now shifted into a real condition. So again, the addicted brain is fighting very hard, but we need to fight smart. We need to use every tool in the box. So elevated stress hormone, it actually is a rescue uh, it's a rescue function, or it's a backup system when we get into this, this unstable blood sugar situation where the, the, your body is insulin resistant, it can't clear uh, the, the glucose, so now you have a backup system that's going to compensate, so what it does is stress hormones become elevated, and studies show that people that have obesity and insulin resistance uh, and some of these chronic ailments diabetes, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, these coronary artery disease situations. And I understand that some of these occur that, that you can't do anything about. But we can always do better. We can always do better. And so uh, diet will help even more. It can, it can make a big difference, especially in those very fragile cases where you may have a strong genetic uh, predisposition or you may have had an accident or been exposed to a fire and now you have pancreatic death. I mean, there, there's never one reason. But I'm here to tell you that we want to dial down every risk factor that we possibly can because God wants to add value to your life. Um, and so it's very, very important that we pay attention to these things. And so the high intake of sweetened drinks, it adds excess calories, it increases that hunger signaling, and it overrides appetite control. So what happens with the stress hormone is it now elevates. You now have an elevated level of cortisol, even when you're not upset, nothing's wrong, there's no emergency, you don't need to run anywhere. The reason that this happens is because there's too much sugar in the blood and the liver now is triggered to release these free fatty acids which are gonna glom on to the carbons and produce triglycerides and lay it right around the mid-body. And mid-body fat is very metabolically active. Now, the good news is that it's also very unstable. So as we begin to make better choices and as we begin to move, then this process begins to reverse. I'm really thankful for an exercise physiologist that I heard. He said, a good bout of exercise can increase insulin sensitivity anywhere from two hours to two days. That's a good thing. When insulin sensitivity is increased, that means that the, the, the glucose can get into the cells. And then we have another amazing and wonderful backup system. And I'm so thankful to God because he knows that we come to him all broken up. We come with these habits. We have these conditions. We are just a mess. But he is in the business of turning messes into miracles. So if you are under conviction right now, if you're saying, oh, wow, I have real, I'm wiped out. I, I, like, I'm toast. Uh, literally, then uh, you must understand that God is here to help you one step at a time, one choice at a time. And this 
condition begins to reverse. And plus, there are other proteins in the muscle called glucose transporters. And this is, an another, um, this is another amazing backup system. When the sugars are high, these glucose transporters, these proteins, come from within the muscle and they migrate to the edge, to the end of the muscle, to the outside, and they pull in glucose, even if you're insulin resistant, even if you're a type 1 diabetic. It can re reduce the need for insulin in the insulin-dependent individual. Always work with your healthcare provider. These are serious conditions. This is a lifestyle program. So, very, very important how God has built this into us. Low-carb diets are not good for your brain. The food of Eden is unrefined carbohydrates. It's the fuel of our muscles, it's the fuel of our brains. Trans fats, animal fats, and hydrogenated oils gum up the works in the brain and the body. You know, I wanna take a break here before I show you what insulin resistance looks like, and I wanna deal with your heart and your mind. This is a beautiful statement that I really love uh, it's found in a devotional called Our Father Cares. Those who work against the natural laws of the being must suffer the penalty of transgression. But the Savior pities us, even when we suffer from infirmities caused by our own wrong course of action. In him there is healing power for us. Let us praise God for the tree of life, the leaves of which are for the healing of the nations, Everywhere the effects of the curse are seen. Let us praise God that in the earth made new there will be no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. Here's another one. Poor souls, Satan says, I pity you, mourning under sin, but God has no pity. You long for some ray of hope, but God leaves you to perish and find satisfaction in your misery. This is a terrible deception, the writer says. Do not give ear to the tempter, but say, Jesus has died that I might live. He loves me and wills not that I should perish. Many times we make decisions because, first of all, the inclinations of our heart, the environment that we have been taught. We not only inherit genes, we also inherit cookbooks. Uh, and, and so, we make choices when, when we are separated from God. All of these factors the Lord knows, and he understands our inclinations, and he wants to give us a new heart and a new start in life. So don't be discouraged as you hear these words today. This uh, image is very, very important for us to understand when we feel the fatigue, the mental fog. Uh, it's so difficult to want to get out and move when the very condition that we've created by overfeeding and, and not moving has created what is called insulin resistance. Now this, you are looking at one side of the screen, you're seeing a, an image of fatty skeletal muscle. On the other side of the screen, you see a picture of normal skeletal muscle. Inactivity and overfeeding uh, in animals creates a marbling of the meat. That's the kind of meat that people pay a lot of money for and barbecue because the fat in it makes the meat tender and uh, so they keep the animals from moving, they overfeed them, and this is what you get. This is human skeletal muscle. This is what insulin resistance looks like. And that's why I love what my colleague Evelyn says. She says, the question today is not am I going to exercise, 
but it's when and where. Now, she says something else that I haven't quite gotten along, uh, uh, alongside of her with yet, but I'm sure trying. She says, there's no bad weather, just bad clothing. <laughs> okay, I'll go up and down the stairs, Evelyn. You go ahead and put your ice cleats out on and go out there. But we need to choose more of the good stuff. What do you already like? What is colorful that you love? We want to eat a rich rainbow of colors. That these, many of these agents that provide the color, texture, and flavor to the plant foods that we love, they actually are stress hormones that protect the plant. And they have incredible effects in our own system. So lycopene, we talk about lycopene that's in tomatoes um, and tomato paste. When the, when the tomato is stressed, uh, it actually produces more lycopene. And it has anti-cancer properties for, in human beings. So the golden rules for best weight is let's put a boundary around mealtime. The goal is about 15 grams of fiber per meal per day if you have three meals. If you have two, you still wanna get 45 to 50 grams of dietary fiber at your meal and not in a pill form or a powder form. The plant foods that God has given us are amazing and we don't get enough dietary fiber. When you get the dietary fiber in the plant foods, you are going to maximize the absorption of those nutrients. You're going to maximize their utilization. You're going to maximize their retention. So nutrition is a three-legged stool. And as we start consuming healthy fats instead of the uh, animal-saturated fats and hydrogenated fats, then what happens is the cells all of our bodies are, uh, every, all the cells in our body are made up of what are called bilipid layers, kind of like f two layers of floating ping pong balls in a jacuzzi, and they keep remodeling all the time. And the type of dietary fat that we consume is going to influence how permeable, how conductive, how electric uh, these cells are and how fluid they are. So the more fluid and conductive and electric and permeable, the better communication systems between brain body, hormone transfer, all of these uh, communications improve. And when you have a stress response, molecules are released Fatty acids are released from those cells that create a, an inflammatory response. So with a healthy diet, it's lower. So there is a linear relationship with healthy fats and lower levels of impulsivity, depression, and even chronic inflammation and pain. So every choice is going to make a difference. So we want to put a boundary around mealtime and watch portion sizes, limit sugars and sweet. I want you to eat well enough at one meal so that you don't have to think about food for the next four or five hours. I mean, doesn't that sound like freedom? To not have food on your mind all the time? To not have this glucose flooding and then this clearing of the blood sugar so that you're famished in two hours even though you've eaten 2,000 calories? I remember for a demo buying a little package of... Uh, it was a snickerdoodle. It was literally this, just this big. And I looked, at the, I looked at the nutrition information on the back. It said 200 calories. Okay, a snickerdoodle, 200 calories. Then I looked at the serving size, four. So, you see, we don't understand what we're putting in our mouths. 
So eat only at mealtime, limit sugars and sweets, limit fat and fatty foods, especially the unhealthy fats. So what are the healthy fats? Uh, olives, avocados, nuts, seeds, just a handful of walnuts, uh, 1,200 milligrams of omega-3 fatty acids, a handful of any kind of nut every day is going to cut your risk of a heart attack by 50%. Extra virgin olive oil has 31 different antioxidants, including hydroxytyrosol. Uh, we don't want to drink soup ladles full of it, but it sure is lovely, sprinkled on a salad with a little lemon juice, and that lemon juice is going to increase iron absorption, and your mental engine is going to start working. You're going to start having more energy. You're going to feel better. You're going to act nicer. With plant foods, more is better. So plant fiber-rich meals, stock up on fresh foods. It's, boy, when we're hungry, halt. We're, when we let ourselves get hungry, overly hungry, angry or anxious, lonely or tired, that's when we are in trouble. So plan ahead. Eat more raw fruits and vegetables. Three cheers for salad. Raw, raw, raw although I'm not a total raw foodie because cooked vegetables and beans and sweet potatoes are wonderful. It increases carotenoid absorption, it increases uh, iron absorption and protein absorption. So these are amazing. When you think of carotenoids, we think of carrot juice, but there are more than 500 uh, carotenoids in the plant kingdom and they are all just amazing. Many of them are very immediately bioavailable. Bio we don't know about all of them, but there's a Japanese study that, uh, that showed very clearly that when we eat more of these colorful fruits and vegetables and have higher levels of carotenoids in the blood, in serum levels, that there's actually a lower incidence of sleeplessness and irritability. So focus more on beans. One cup of cooked beans is 15 grams of fiber, whole grains, and legumes. Jesus is the bread of life. It's an, and, and these grains are amazing. They are, they are the main substrate or food or material for the bacteria in your GI tract to uh, digest. Very, very important. And the digestive products from the insoluble and soluble fibers that we are talking about in these foods today stimulate the production of neurotransmitters that calm us, they are anti-anxiogenic, anti anti-obesity neurotransmitters, serotonin, dopamine, GABA, which has to do with impulse control. So when we're consuming these kinds of foods, there are mental health benefits just from the type of bacteria that colonize the gut. I think this is incredible. It makes me so thankful that these molecules of well-being are created to assist our mental health. However, the junk food that we go to when we're upset, it, it creates obesogenic uh, molecules and de depressive and pro-pain. Not the gas, not propane, but pro-pain molecules are produced. So what about exercise? How do exercise and diet work together? Well, I think it's very interesting that in the beginning, God linked nutrition and exercise together. He said, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat. As we approach the end of time, I think it's in Ezekiel chapter 36, it says the sin of, pro of Sodom was pride 
fullness of bread, and idleness. So the very thing that God put together for our good at the beginning is the very thing that we are not doing now as a culture, and we need to be focused. We need to be intentional. We are honoring God when we understand his priorities and make them ours. So exercise is actually going to improve mental processing, learning, and memory. Brisk exercise especially is going to stimulate blood flow, neuron growth in the brain, and repair. It's like throwing miracle Grow on your brain. It's called a brain-derived neurotropic factor. Exercise counteracts depression at almost every level. Depression is an erosion of connections. I would say it also is a treatment for addiction because it's so calming in your life as well as between your brain cells. Exercise reestablishes those connections. Praise the Lord. You know, I, I exercise every day to control anxiety, uh, to keep my, my think tank in line with God. Remember, motion balances emotion. I call it going for a soul stroll. So daily exercise builds muscle, it is going to burn fat, and it increases your resting metabolism. So when you're sitting doing nothing, because you have more muscle, that's where energy is produced. It's going to be burning your metabolic engine at a higher rate, and it defats those muscles that are insulin resistant. By building muscle, you increase the number of calories that your body burns when at rest. It's going to improve your mood, reduce stress. I love this. Reduce impulsivity. Don't you want for God's thoughts to become your habits and your impulses? We have to cooperate in this process. Like I said yesterday, I cannot do what only God can do. He's the only one that can give me the confidence, the courage, the inclination, the desire, and the will. He's the only one that can create that new heart in me, but he won't do what I have to do, and that is follow through with his instructions because those changes, as I act upon them, are embossed upon my material self. I get that beautiful brain that we're going for. It controls appetite and improves judgment. And as I shared earlier, we used to think that you were born with all the nerve cells you were ever going to have and all you could do over your lifetime was lose them. You know, I just say, like, why are we doing this if this is the case? Fortunately, it is not. Well, that is wrong. You do make new nerve cells in your brain. How many of you want to not only appreciate the fact that they're made and that these new neuronal neighborhoods are ready learners, but how many of you would like to keep them alive? Keep them alive. Put your hand up if you want to keep them alive. Even if you don't mean it, you'll still be telling your brain and you'll be convinced later. When first established, new routines require mental strain and stretching, the formation of new and different synapses and connections to neural assemblies. It takes a little pain, a little difficulty, and a little discomfort. But once the routine is mastered, the mental processing becomes easier, even automatic. Nobody has to force you into the bathroom to brush your teeth in the morning. On a good day, you brush. On a bad day, you're brushing. I want for my habits to be such that regardless of what emotionally is raging, I'm still going to be on automatic pilot with some of these habits. And I tell you, I experienced that with my husband's cancer journey. We, we still, we were, we were like on a roller coaster that we couldn't get off. It, it was a nightmare. And worships were like 
stepping into heaven and then we would get back into our reality that we didn't understand. Some author said, faith is accepting in advance what we're really only gonna understand in reverse, and that was what we were going through. But it was amazing to me as I watched myself in this flood of emotion and fear and stress and the testing of our faith, my husband praying, one more project for thy cause, dear God, as cancer was killing him. Uh, It was horrific. But we were still taking care of our lifestyle. We were still going for those walks. We were still having that good diet. We were still doing, we were going through the motions. And here's what I can tell you. What you learn in the sunlight is what you're gonna take into the dark with you. When you're in a severe crisis, you're not gonna learn anything new. But I am so thankful that when, that those habits held us. They were habits. And when you can't hold on to Christ, when you're going on through something like that, you just say, Lord, hang on to me. Just hang on to me. And he will. And we were blessed in that experience. And his ability to take care of himself and have quality of life, even though uh, he, was, he was going to the tomb, uh, it was an amazing experience. I want to share something with you right now. Because everybody came to me during that time. They had cures. They had reasons. Somebody came to me and they said, well, God knows what you need. Really? I said, couldn't he have started by breaking my nose? And let's see if that works. People say things that are just awful. They don't mean it, at least I hope not. But I love this, I'm gonna share it with you. I'm digressing. Amid all his afflictions, the Christian has strong consolation, and if God permits him to suffer a lingering, distressing sickness before he closes his eyes in death, he can with cheerfulness bear it all. He contemplates the future with heavenly satisfaction. A short rest in the grave, and then the life giver will break the fetters of the tomb, release the captive, and bring him from his dusty bed, immortal, never to know pain or sorrow or death. Oh, what a hope is the Christians. Let this hope be yours. Let it be mine. Amen? So let's talk for a moment about rest and how important it is. Two-thirds of the population is tired, just tired and tipsy. Fatigue, this is according to Gregory Belenke, uh, uh, who works with uh, troops in what's called sleep debt, being tired. Fatigue selectively targets the highest order of cognitive mental functions. Critical thinking becomes impossible. What is critical thinking? Critical thinking is the ability to take a set of facts, thresh out what's going on, and make a reasonable decision. I mean, this is a really important, we we pray for these things, don't we? Don't we pray for wisdom? We pray for wisdom. But we have to follow the laws of our being in order to be able to realize that prayer. So God created us, this is so important, God created us in his image. He created us with insight, with the ability to experience insight. That's, wh- that's what to do with the information you have. That's critical thinking. He has created us with the ability to practice oversight. That's the part of you that monitors yourself. He has created us with foresight, the ability to reason 
If I eat this whole Sara Lee cheesecake or drink that beer, this is where it's going to get me. That's foresight, and then he has gifted us with the ability to exercise hindsight, where we actually have a store of memories where we act, we're learning something. We're actually learning life's lessons. The interesting thing about a pro-inflammatory lifestyle and the diseases that go with it and, and the mental health states that we get ourselves into habitually, chronic worry, chronic stress, you know, obsessing over things, ruminating, uh, when, when we get ourselves into that state with an unhealthy lifestyle, it actually starts to atrophy the parietal area of the brains which, where these traits are situated. So your brain is the hardware of your soul. So it's one thing to pray, and we should, and it's one thing to claim promises, and we must, but God's plan we cannot ignore and expect to be able to exercise those traits. They're actually destroyed. You can see it under imaging. So we need to move along here. I want to show you a picture of a rested brain versus a tired brain. <gasps> wow, which one do you want? So the, the tired brain does not discern as much. It doesn't care as much about what it does discern. And it doesn't resist as much. Think of poor Elijah after his vic great victory on Mount Carmel, an exhausted man out in the middle of the desert. Then he goes, leaves his servant alone, goes, sits under a juniper tree and prays to die. Anything that lessens physical strength enfeebles the mind and makes it less capable of discriminating between right and wrong. So we may have good intentions, but we need to keep, take care of our body temples to buttress those good intentions. We become less capable of choosing the good and less strength of will. By the way, Ellen White says that exercise strengthens the will. Less strength of will to, to do what we know to be right. So rest matters. It's going to improve your blood sugar, lower stress hormones. The next day improves immune health, solidifies learning, and restores the body and mind. Well, how do we establish a sleep routine. That's a set of practices that you go through in the evening to tell your brain and your body that it's time to shut down. So you, you, you slow your evening pace, leave media alone at night, don't eat at night. What are you going to do? Build a barn? Leave the caffeine and alcohol alone. A alcohol will put you to sleep, but it actually wakes up the brain stem. So physical and mental exercise, proper nutrition, and adequate sleep will help anyone to gain cognitive clarity and emotional stability. Jesus says, come away by yourselves to a quiet place. Rest for a time. We want to rest in him. Our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit of God, which you have from him. You are not your own. You were bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, Let's bring glory to him today. Shall we make that decision one step at a time, one thought at a time, one choice at a time? Glorify God in your body and in your spirits, which are his. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time that we can spend together discussing these brain-body links and the beautiful way that you have reached down from heaven and given us medicine in the form of the way we live to give back that which to us which sin has broken and taken away. Fill us with your spirit, Lord, the spirit of courage and hope every day that we will do the next thing 
and do it for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.